helping to make you the most knowledgeable person in your circle of friends. This is Tavis Smiley. Prince, uh, miss him dearly, miss him dearly every day. Um, He has, uh, obviously, a rich musical legacy, um, but also a philanthropic legacy that includes Live for Love Charities. Uh, Matai Garcia is a world-renowned dancer, actress, internationally best-selling author, and former wife, of course, of Prince. And she joins us right now to talk about Live for Love Charities and Prince's enduring philanthropic legacy. Good to have you on the program, Matai. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I am well. As I say all the time, if I complained, I'd be an ingrate. And I am. Uh, I'm just doing well. And always, <laughs> always delighted to to be in dialogue with anybody who was ever in Prince's uh, circle. Uh, as you probably know, I knew that brother well, and and uh, spent a lot of time with him. As I said a moment ago, I, I, I miss him dearly. But I I am <clears throat> I'm glad to have this conversation because there's always focus, as there should be, rightly so. So much focus on on his musical legacy, and that that is. Uh, that is uh, is is huge and always will be, and I think that imprint's going to get bigger as time goes on. But not a lot of focus on his uh, philanthropic legacy, and uh, I happen to know, obviously, uh, from personal experience, that the things I worked on uh, philanthropically, he would very quietly uh, support uh, and would often tell me, "Tabis, don't tell anybody I'm doing this." But he would send a check mm-hmm. for this, that, or the other. Uh, you know, you you know him better than I did, and so he he had his own way about supporting things, but being very quiet about it. But I wanted to spend a few minutes talking about the enduring nature of his uh, philanthropic legacy. So, with that said, let's uh, I'll pass the mic to you. Take it away and talk about Live for Love Charity. Live for Love Charities. Well, yeah, I mean, it started back in 1996. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were married, we were expecting, and we were really, really in a great place. And he wanted to share the love and, and help as much as possible. And I remember he walked into my office and he was like, I want to start a foundation called um, Love for One Another. And I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> let's let's do it. What do we want to do? He goes, I don't know, but let's just, let's just form it and, and start helping children and, and homeless. And there was just a list of things that he wanted to do. And mm-hmm. And we did it. You know, we would would have people bring uh, jackets to concerts and we would have um, inner city children come to Paisley Park. And mm-hmm. it was just on a constant thing of children with cancer, animals. Um, it was kind of everything. Yeah. And um, he continued that foundation. Um, and then I, I found out after he passed that he had left me on on the board. Mm-hmm. Now, we changed the name because we had to and. And I think it's a great name, Live for Love, which is another song that he he wrote and mm-hmm. kind of the the mantra of, of living, you know, you gotta you gotta help others. And um our mission statement now is helping people up and helping people out. Mm. We're helping um other foundations. We're doing right now a ten for ten um uh ten foundations or charities or people that are doing good, we're gonna give them ten thousand dollars. We're also starting Live for Music, which is um next year we're gonna help a whole bunch of children who have the talent, but they don't have the means. We're going to give instruments. We're going to give teachers that are from Berkeley and that Grammy award winning musicians that are willing to do this. It's just, it's just an awesome program that we're starting and, and this charity that we're doing. Yeah. Um, how much of, of, of his walking in your office that day, I'm fascinated by the backstory of these things. Um, and I'm glad to have you share it with us. How, how much of his wanting to start this charity um, on behalf of children you think was connected to the fact that you mentioned, as you mentioned, that you all were expecting at that time? Yeah, I mean, it was something you, he always did. I mean, I, I used to see him before we got married help um, Marva Collins. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was always about children, but it was 
it, it was accelerated when we were pregnant. He really wanted to to help. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and and that hand uh, we have a, our on our logo. It was our son, our mm-hmm. son's hand, Amir. You know, and it was just it's just it was a beautiful time, and and I want to share that. Yeah. Um, let me, you, you, you sound like you're willing to share this. And if you're not, I, I certainly understand that I don't want to press uh, my tie in any direction that you don't want to go. Um, but, um, how, how did, how did that name get chosen? Love for one another or no, love for love? Amir, Amir. Oh, Amir. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, Amir means prince in, in, uh, Arabic. So, yeah. yeah. We didn't want to have a Prince Junior, <laughs> and I always, I always liked that name because I, my, my belly dance name was Princess Maite, and mm-hmm. you know it was always kind of this this thing. And I remember bringing it up to him, and he was like, "Yep, that was it." It was just a quick, "Yep, wow. that's what we're gonna do." It was, it was that you that know? that that simple and that easy. Oh yeah, it was wasn't even like didn't even take five minutes for him. To, not, not even thirty seconds. He was like immediate. It was like, "Yep." <laughs> That's it. Now, 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 I'm, now, now, now I'm laughing because again, you know, you were married to him. I was not. I'm just his friend. But, but <laughs> things with him never happened that simple or that easy. I mean, it's like he's this guy is a genius for a reason. He would go over something and go over it and over it and over until he got it right, till he got the way he wanted it. And here you come at this story that something that significant was like so easy. Well. I mean, I, I got that side of him. I, I did see him on the work side and the creative yeah. side, but when it came to family and, I mean, how quickly we got pregnant, and yeah. then, you know, it, he just, when I told him he was doing mu- the Muppets, I'm like, you're doing the Muppets. And he was like, yep, <laughs> I'm doing the Muppets. <laughs> it was a whole other side that I'd never seen, and I was like, wow, this is this whole marriage thing's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, I, I, obviously, obviously he, he heard the old adage, happy happy wife, happy life. So he, <laughs> he must have heard that and, and, and understood that. Um, I, I want to come back to the charity in a second here, but what, what, what have been your takeaways all these years later uh, from not just being exposed to someone? I could write a book, and maybe one day I will, about all the lessons I learned from Prince just being exposed to him. Because it's just rare that any of us get get that sort of access, that sort of proximity to a genius of his stature. But you didn't just have access. You were married to Prince. And so what, what's, what, what have been some of your takeaways over the years of just being exposed to that level of genius day in and day out? Wow. To do, to do what you love. Mm-hmm. You know, um, to do things that you're passionate about, to move forward. You know, he never stayed. I remember him always saying, oh, I'm going to change my hair. And, you know, when you go short, I'm like, first off, I'm never going to cut my hair. And he's like, don't say that <laughs> because you're going to always change and evolve. And, and you may try, you may not like it, but you should always move forward and, and try different things. Mm-hmm. And and I did that. I did that, you know, after I, I stopped talking to him and I, I, I've led my life like that to move forward and not look back. Mm-hmm. Um, and to, and to do what you love, what you're passionate about. Yeah. No, it's great advice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, somebody once said that, um, uh, change is inevitable, uh, but growth is yeah. optional. Uh, change is inevitable, but growth is optional. Everything changes. That's that great song from Bernard. I, yeah. everything must change. We have to choose to grow. And I think that's what Prince was pushing at. That, you know, you never know how things are going to work out, but you got to be willing to grow uh, and to attempt yes. different uh, to attempt different things. And so that's uh, that's great advice. When we come forward, we'll talk more about Live for Love Charities. My Ty Garcia is our guest. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. 
Tavis Smiley when we come forward. May Fresh Daily in the Mert Park, Los Angeles, California. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Continuing our conversation now with Maitai Garcia, the former wife of Prince, world-renowned dancer, actress, and international best-selling author in her own right, um, running the Live for Love charities uh, that uh, she and Prince started back in the day when they were with child. Uh, the uh, award recipients will be announced on December 17th. Uh, so just a few weeks uh, from now, they'll be announcing these 10 organizations uh, that are receiving this money. Uh, to uh, continue doing the work that they do, um, t- tell me, tell me more, my time about the about the core values of. Li- Actually, before I do that, before I do that, you mentioned earlier, and I agree. You said it before I said it <laughs> that I, I I love the name Live for Love. You had to change the name mm-hmm. of the of the charity after his passing for various reasons. I get that. I think the audience understands that part. But um, wh- yeah. why 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 Live for Love, and what does that mean? I love the name of, it, but what does what does that mean to you per se? I mean, that's how you should live your life, yeah. you know? I mean, do, do everything with love. I mean, if somebody's having a bad day, you got to give them some extra love, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because they're going through it. And just have that compassion for others in everything, yeah. which I think is the perfect way to live. Yep, yep. So you mentioned uh, some of these organizations earlier, um, the, the kinds of organizations, rather, that are going get to the, get this uh, support, this financial support on December the 17th. But tell me more about the core values mm-hmm. of the foundation itself. Uh, you know, I mean, it's helping. It was funny because we kept trying to think, do we do children? Do we do homeless? Do we do mm-hmm. music? And and we just came up with helping people up and out. And through that, you know, giving children an opportunity to see uh, different options. Um, you know, like for me, I was I was born in the military and mm-hmm. I was just in a base. And I never realized that if I, if I stepped out of that, I could see something that I wanted and and I did it. Mm-hmm. You know, I became a professional dancer. So it's just giving hope um, and that they're loved, you know, yeah. in everything, homeless, uh, education, kind of everything, everything that we can think of. As long yeah. as it comes from love, that's what we're going to do. Yeah, no, I love it. Um, speaking of you being a dancer, I wanted to go there, so I'm glad you went there. Um, how, how did mm-hmm. that? How did dance become your muse? You know, I started very early on. Um, it gave me a sense of confidence. I mean, I, I'm Puerto Rican, and I was raised in the military, and I remember everybody wondering if I was white or black. <laughs> Puerto Rican wasn't very common back in the day. I just turned 50, by the way. Mm. <laughs> and, you thank know, you. now it's, of course, you see. Thank yeah. you, thank you. But, you know, I remember feeling like, where do I belong? And, and through dance, I, I just felt that sense of confidence, and it helped me um, growing up. And... Um, it just was something with, and, and I, I feel it, and it heals. I, I have this saying, dancing heals. It heals the soul, heals the spirit. Yeah. This is music. I mean, without, without you know, music, you can't dance without. Yeah. It's all connected, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I was, since I was three years old, I was dancing. Yeah, yeah. When, uh, when Prince became uh, Jehovah's Witness, it, it, it made things uh, challenging for me. <laughs> In, in a variety of ways, in a variety of ways, uh, not the least of which was I always felt weird trying to say happy birthday to him on his birthday, right? So I would send him a message or call him, but they, obviously <laughs> he didn't really celebrate birthdays, so it made it a little weird to celebrate his his born day. Uh, I raised that only yeah. be, I raised that only because you just mentioned so loudly and so proudly, which uh, which some women are afraid to do, uh, choose not to do yeah. that. You just turned fifty. Why why are you so ex- so so exuberant about your turning fifty? Because I'm proud. Yeah. I'm proud about it. I'm <laughs> proud that I've been living like 
how I've been living. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy. I wake up with hope and, and you know, it, it, life's not over. You just, you get better. Yeah. Yeah. My mom, yeah. My mom says to me all the time, she's a baby. The only way you don't live to die old is that you die young. Uh, you don't live to get old because you die young. So she is like you. She's very, very uh, celebratory about her advancing age. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I just, I just kind of jumped out at me. I said, Monta, I just jumped out there. I just turned 50 times and just put it out there. And uh, I, I, I could hear the excitement in your voice about that. When we come forward, our remaining moments on Tab is smiling. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Tavis Smiley. Ranked number 45 on the heavy 100 list of the 100 most important radio talk show hosts in America. Let's get back to more of this rich dialogue with Tavis, Tavis Smiley. Smiley. My time, before I lose you, um, tell me about uh, Live for Music. You guys are expanding uh, and doing some uh, some additional work through this uh, through this charity. Yeah, we're, I mean, this is our first program that we're starting under Live for Love um, called Live for Music. We're going to, I mean, it's going to be worldwide. I want to see children that, have the the heart and the passion for it but don't have the means i want them to send me a 30 second clip of them playing and i'm going to hook them up with i mean i've got grammy award winning people i got people that teach at berkeley i've got some amazing musicians also from from the prince community that have said yes to to give children classes um via zoom of course because Mm -hmm. you know we can't fly everybody in and um i'm really excited about it and next year we're going to have a big gala and hopefully all these People come together, and it would be a great thing. Yeah, um, you sound like you're enjoying life these days. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Have to. I mean, the world is crazy, but like I said, you live with your with love and and your heart. I mean, yeah, we have bad days and stuff like that, but I always try to look forward. No, it's a beautiful thing. Um, they started this mm-hmm. foundation uh, uh, for uh, when they were with child. Uh, with Amir, yeah. uh, who passed away six days after his birth, and uh, that uh, uh, Amir is gone, and sadly Prince is gone, uh, but my Tiger Garcia is still here, thankfully, and continuing the work of this foundation they started together. It's called Live for Love Charities. Again, uh, award recipients of ten thousand dollars apiece. Ten organizations receiving that money. Uh, they will be announced on December the seventeenth. Uh, Live for Music is the next project out of the foundation. So a lot of great work coming from this charity in the months and years to come, uh, keeping the memory alive. Matai, good to have you on. Congrats on uh, all this great work, and uh, we'll talk somewhere down the road. Thank you so much, Tavis, for having me. My great delight. (laughs) Have a great rest of the day. Appreciate you. Uh, Some breaking news before I get off the air here. Um, We've been talking about this uh, for a long time. Uh, uh, on this program, given all the, the, the Clarence Thomas drama, these stories that seem to come out every other day about all these gifts he received from these uh, uh, billionaire friends of his and buying houses for his mama and paying for his nephew to go to school and uh, buying him an RV. Uh, all of this, um, all of these stories uh, breaking about uh, not just Clarence Thomas, but Samuel Alito and others on the Supreme Court. Uh, who are behaving in ways uh, that many of us believe they should not behave, given the seats that they occupy. And they've been pushing back uh, the Supreme Court on this so-called code of ethics for the Supreme Court. Now, everybody in the federal judiciary uh, has to operate under a code of ethics. But the Supreme Court has resisted that. uh, And I've had a number of conversations about that on this program and asking how much longer Chief Justice John Roberts could go resisting the call for a code of ethics and whether or not the Senate would ever find a backbone uh, to call Clarence Thomas and others on the carpet uh, about 
their misbehavior, as it were. Well, breaking news just now, the Supreme Court announces ethics code for justices. This decision comes, of course, after revelations of undisclosed property deals and gifts that have intensified pressure on the court to adopt such a code. So they uh, said uh, a while ago uh, that they they weren't uh, going to need a code of ethics, that they knew where the lines were, et cetera, et cetera. Again, John Roberts, Chief Justice, uh, resisted this. Amy Coney Barrett sat for an interview not long ago, and she said publicly that she was okay with a code of ethics, and that might have been a hint that something was coming when she publicly, as a conservative, said she'd be okay with it. Well, now uh, there is, in fact, going to be a code of ethics for the U.S. Supreme Court. So, again, that pressure uh, got somebody's attention, uh, and the uh, Supreme Court acknowledges now that they got to do better. We'll talk more about that, I'm sure, in the coming days. But that news just out now. There will finally be a code of ethics for the U.S. Supreme Court. That's our program for today. Back here tomorrow, Lord willing, to do it all over again. Until then, thanks for tuning in to Tavis Smiley. And as always, oh, tomorrow, Tuesday? Yeah, so Omar Epps is here tomorrow. Uh, Wednesday, Gerardo Rivera is here. Thursday, Nikki Giovanni is here. Thursday, Jada Pinkett Smith is here. Some great conversations all the rest of this week. Don't miss a single episode of Tavis Smiley. Until tomorrow, keep the faith.